All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. What's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to Oilers Nation After Dark. Connor Hallie with you here. I've got uh, the intern, Gavin, joining me as well. And our guest tonight will be Cam Lewis of Oilers Nation, Jays Nation, DFO. We'll recap the disappointing loss in a shootout to the Philadelphia Flyers and uh, take your messages, everything as well. If you're on YouTube, Make sure you hit that like button. If you're on Facebook, there's no like button I'm aware of, but hit it anyways. Get in that comment section. We'll do a lot of discussions on what went wrong for the Edmonton Oilers. Like I mentioned, tough 2-1 loss. In case you missed it, uh, the rundown will be very quick. Kevin Hayes in the first period, he got his 16th goal of the season for the Flyers. Another slow start for the Oilers in that first period. Uh, for the second consecutive game, they'll finish off the period. Down one nothing, trailing in shots. Uh, they would respond very well, though. In the second period, Evander Kane, goal in his third straight game, his eighth of the season. Both goals, I thought maybe the goalies might want back, Carter Hart and Stuart Skinner, who both were absolutely fantastic on the evening. A little further reflection, it looked like they both might have been screened on their goals. So uh, the goalies stole the show tonight in Philadelphia. We'll break it all down. Like I mentioned, we've got Gavin, we've got Cam. We'll do, as we usually do, start things off here with the good, the bad, the oily, brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance. Cornerstone, Cornerstone Insurance Brokers, Edmonton's premier boutique insurance brokers with over 90 years of success and still growing. Visit cornerstoneins.ca slash nation to get an online tenant or condo insurance quote in just a few minutes and use the discount code nation for an exclusive rate. Find out why Cornerstone Insurance Brokers is ranked amongst the best in Alberta. And as we get to the good, the bad, the oily, we will bring in Cam Lewis. Cam, good evening. How are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? Uh, doing very well, very well. Uh, 
Uh, I mean, better than a lot of the frustrated Oilers fans that we're going to be dealing with here tonight, but that that's okay. I mean, after a game like that, I feel like Oilers fans should be a little bit frustrated, but uh, we're going to start off with the good, as we usually do, and uh, Stuart Skinner will be the good tonight. Uh, the guy, you know, facing 36 shots, makes 35 saves, kept the Oilers in this game from the start with some big saves throughout the night, and I mean, it, it had to be him. It had to be him tonight, Cam. Yeah, undoubtedly. I mean, when you roll into the city of a non-playoff game and take the loss, but you only wind up losing 2-1, to one, then the best thing for your side in that game is the goalie. And Stuart Skinner was fantastic in this game. The Oilers didn't come out with necessarily a fantastic energy early on. They allow a lot of chances in the first period, but Stuart Skinner kept them in the entire time. He winds up making 35 saves all told. And I mean... The story since the calendar changed to 2023 has been Jack Campbell. He's been really good since the Oilers went on their trip through the Pacific Division into California. But Stuart Skinner is still the guy in Edmonton. He's still the number one goalie, and he reminded everybody that's the case tonight. Yeah, goalie duel in that one. Uh, like I said, Stuart Skinner with 35 saves, Carter Hart with 34. Uh, he was very good in the shootout as well. Not so much on Connor McDavid's goal because he didn't get a shot off. Uh, I much prefer the Ryan Nugent Hopkins approach in the shootout, but uh, we'll get to the bad. And for the second consecutive game, a bit of a slow start in the first period. I know if we go back to Tuesday, the first five minutes were good, and then they kind of trail off. But uh, both the last two games here going into the first intermission, down one nothing, being outshot by teams you would think the Oilers would outplay. Uh, just just can't have it against these teams. you got to come out gunning, and uh, they did not do that tonight. Yeah, it's an unfortunate result because, I mean, you look at these games on the calendar and you see, you know, Detroit, Philadelphia, Ottawa, Montreal. These teams are bad. They, you know, lose significantly more often than they win. But when you're going in to face a different team in their own home arena after they've had a few days off, you know, they've game planned for you. They know what to expect. They know how to lull you into playing your worst game. And that's what the Flyers did. They played a John Tortorella game where, you know, everything in close to the net is difficult to get to. Everything's evolving slowly. There's, you know, guys checking tightly for checking hard, back checking hard. It's that kind of game. And, you know, things started off slowly, but I think as time went along and you pay attention to the late in the third period and even in the overtime frame as well, the Oilers were clearly the more skilled team. It's just, unfortunately, we get into the skills competition shootout, which doesn't necessarily mean what mean much, but, you know, they fell into the, the tight trap game and they lost. It is what it is. Yeah, 100%. Uh, a lot of people sounding off on the YouTube comment section. We'll get to that in a second, but we got to get to the Oily as well. And... This one, we were kind of unsure about what to go for here. And then Zach Hyman scores a goal. Would have tied his career high in 25 less games than it took last season. But of course, Zach Hyman can't score a goal without it going to review. And it was disallowed. I suppose a good challenge by John Tortorella, Warren Fogle, the guilty party here. And a tough one for Zach Hyman. I mean, this guy, if if goals weren't, a, you know, anything went this guy'd be like a 50 goal scorer he just can't buy anything here um tough one for zach hyman tonight yeah it's kind of the automatic thing if you're an opposing coach and zach hyman scores a goal (laughs) just to throw it to the replay and see what happens i mean people in toronto will say hey look like there's the guy we want to make sure he doesn't score too many goals he doesn't look quite so bad that we let him walk but (laughs) you know conspiracy theories aside you know jokes aside zach hyman's a guy who like always pushes hard and goes to the net so if he does wind up scoring a goal there's always going to be that 
thing to look back on. Hey, is there goalie interference? And it's such an enigma. Nobody knows what's actually truly goalie interference. The war room, it's a coin flip. You never know what to expect. Yeah, I mean, I heard Louie on the broadcast kind of sharing his thoughts, and I'm like, okay, you're making a compelling argument, but it's not really swaying me either way because I don't know which way it's going to go. Yeah, that was the good, the bad, the oily brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance. Uh, just want to say a quick shout out to everyone on the YouTube channel. Uh, we've got Darian, Chris, Dr. Gonzo, Paradensky, Kimo, Scotty, Cato, uh, Canadian A, Rusty, hello. Lots of people in the, the comment section will start off. Uh, Darian says, frustrating to watch. Brutal. Chris, that's frustrating. I'm making risotto. Y'all want anything? Yeah, I'll send some over. That'd be awesome. Akimo says, crap game. Dr. Gonzo Skinner did not deserve that. Shootouts are lame sauce. And Akimo uh, also saying, sorry to say, but 29 on shootout is rough every time. Uh, well, we was. I think we saw worse on the shootout there. But uh, yeah, I mean, it just it wasn't the greatest game. Uh, as you can see here on our little uh, graphic, well, I'm happy Seattle and Calgary lost. Calgary, yes, losing to Detroit and Seattle losing to Jersey. With that, the Oilers jump into a tie with Seattle and the Kings with 63 points. They still trail Vegas, who I believe is victorious or is on their way to victory tonight. Um, kind of how we thought it would play out eventually. Uh, Dr. Gonzo on the chat says, Connor Halley, challenge everyone to say one positive thing. We're sounding like whiny flames fans in this chat and we don't want to sound like whiny flames fans. I, I will say when the Oilers lost to Columbus two weeks ago, whatever it was, the chat was pretty down, but they bounced back strong. And I think that'd be kind of a fair expectation for this game on Saturday. It is an early morning game for us, 10 30 AM, 12 30 Eastern time uh, against a team in Ottawa who can score goals, but also can be leaky at times as well. But I think, you know, points in 10 straight games, this is the kind of run the Oilers needed to go on. So if I was looking for some positivity, that's what I would say. Bad game, a hundred percent, but you still got that one point. Uh, Cam, any positive notes for you? Well, I mean, they're going into a game against Ottawa and you think back, it's only two years ago in the all Canadian division, they beat Ottawa, what, nine times? Yeah. It was an automatic. The Oilers went into Ottawa. Ottawa came to Edmonton, that weird, bizarre world division. And it was an automatic win. So I don't think things are all that different. The Sens are still the same Sens as they were back then. They can't keep anything out of the net. And if the Oilers get a power play, they're going to score. So Saturday, to me, looks like a layup. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fun one. I, I like those earlier games. And uh, for Oilers Nation after dark, it won't be really living up to the name, but we will be on for the post-game <laughs> show once that one does wrap up. I think we got Yaramchuk. And then on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, I think we've got some uh, Oilers alumni that might actually hop on. So uh, make sure you keep tuning in to Oilers Nation after dark. Uh, in this one, uh, a couple things uh, that, that stood out to me, and I wanted to ask you, uh, Cam, here. McDavid and Kane on the PK. I, I see some people don't necessarily love that because obviously the risk of a block shot goes up, but I, I love it. I mean, I, I feel like any time there is, say, a block shot or a missed pass, I mean, McDavid could be sprung. It's an opportunity for him to score. Uh, what are your thoughts on those two out there on the PK? Yeah, I don't mind it, honestly. I mean, there's there's obviously the risk that they block the shot and break the foot, but that's kind of just a reality of playing the game no matter what. You might always get hurt. But you're playing a team like the Flyers who, I mean, they're not a particularly strong special teams team. So you send out their power play unit and there's a handful of guys there. Think about, you know, JBR, James Van Riemsdyk. He's not someone who plays a tremendous amount of even strength. 
if you get things going in your direction while well, you're killing the penalty against that power play unit, like a bunch of guys who don't private even strength bleed defensively, and you got a great chance to score a goal. So you can totally see where the coaching staff is coming from going on the offense on the penalty kill when you're playing against a unit like that. Uh, we've got Liam in the chat. Hello, Liam. Where are the costumes? He says, I saw Tyler lost a bet and had to dress up today. I thought he, he pulled it off pretty well. Liam will go on to say that, uh, what did he say here? Connor can be a stormtrooper and Coon can be Popeye. I mean, I'm not opposed to that one necessarily. I mean, maybe if the Oilers lose their next two straight, we can set that one up for down the road. That can be the, the regulation on that one. It would be worth it if that happens. Uh, We've got some more positives coming on here. We've got Genesis saying positive. We get a point after playing 10 minutes of a 60-point game. Yeah, Stuart Skinner was a positive. Calgary losing was a silver lining, 100%. Uh, kind of the same sort of thing. But we still have people complaining about Leon Dreisaitl. And uh, the last two games, very unleon like uh, I, I see people complain about some of the passes that he attempts and kind of the spinning backhand. You know, when it works, we love it. And it almost helped lead to a goal. It's a fantastic pass from dry settle to Fogel before Zach Hyman's goal was disallowed. I, I think it is fair to be critical of Leon dry We just have such high expectations for him when he doesn't get there. You know, people are going to be kind of asking about it. And then it's the same old complaint. Oh, his body language. Oh, he's not trying. It's the same old thing. It sounds like, or feels like when it comes to Leon dry Cam, what did you make of his play tonight? I think we've gone through this like enough times to know sort of what to expect from Leon as he plays the, the, the same game, regardless, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. There's the high danger passes. He's throwing a backhand across the entire offensive zone. And sometimes it gets picked off. Sometimes <laughs> it doesn't. But I mean, the thing with Leon is, you know, eventually it's going to come through. Like he's going to have a handful of bad games where the pucks don't go in the right direction, but then we know he's going to eventually pour it on. He's a player we've seen it in the past. I mean, it's significantly more ups than downs, but it can be a bit of a roller coaster ride at times. And we're just in one of those lulls right now. You're coming out of the all-star break. Things are a bit, you know, things are a bit sticky. They're not hitting perfectly give it a few more games and he'll find his way back into the groove. Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you on that one. And the, the YouTube chat here, some people bringing up him in the shootout saying, you know, why not give Kane an opportunity? Leon doesn't seem to get it done in the shootout. I mean, he's a he's a 50-goal scorer. I mean, and obviously, we know a lot of them come on the, the one-timer and things like that. But I think there's worse options. I don't know. Would you would you make a change up to the shootout, Ross, or lineup there? Not really. I mean, I think they, 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 they have a handful of guys who can score goals and you can't really go wrong, right? I mean, if it was vice versa and Evander Kane went and he missed and Leon was on the bench, everybody would be asking, hey, why was Leon on the bench? And yeah. that's kind of just the way it goes. It's, it's a shootout's a coin flip. It's a skills competition. Imagine at the end of a baseball game if they did a home run derby. Like, it's, it's just a goofy way to decide a winner. We shouldn't look too far into it. Uh, Quincy on Facebook says here, uh, let refs keep getting in the way of the puck, causing turnovers. Yeah, I mean, they tend to do that. I, I, I was a little bit surprised, though, to see the Oilers not generate one power play in that game. Uh, obviously, Derek Ryan, Zach Hyman, Vinny Dernay took penalties uh, for the Oilers or, you know, giving the Flyers power play opportunities. I thought the Dernay one was quite soft. The Derek Ryan didn't look like a high stick. It looked maybe more of an elbow than anything. But the PK does look good. Um, did you think the refs, I mean, it's kind of a cop-out, but did you think the refs had a good game tonight? It's not really something I really thought about throughout the entirety of the game. It kind of just felt like the Oilers were the away team the whole time. You know, it's not really often. I think I touched on this 
kind of right off the hop. It's not really often you can, you know, be an Eastern or a Western conference team rolling into an Eastern conference stadium and just dictate the pace of play, how things are going to go. So the Oilers coming in as the you know Edmonton Oilers in Philadelphia, they're not going to just warrant a whole bunch of power play opportunities for it's just not really something that's going to happen. It's not something you should really expect when you roll into this barn, but I mean, it didn't feel like a huge detriment. It didn't feel like the Oilers were going on the penalty kill all the time for nothing. It didn't feel like it was tilted against them. It was just, again, your standard Eastern road game. Well, Kurt is on Facebook. I'll try to get through this one. Uh, try in his cheap no-move shot. Says he wants to win, but chokes like that LMAO should let one of the bottom six shoot. They would have had better with more effort. Would have did better with more effort. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I, I have a hard time. I, I feel like if we're going to be critical, why are we not being critical of Connor McDavid in the shootout? He didn't get a shot oh, off. I mean, and it's a pet peeve of mine. I hate when they slow it down, take it out wide. Like, I'm a much bigger fan of Ryan and Hawkins. Go into some speed, pick your spot, hit it, and just get out of there. It was a beautiful shot by Nugent Hopkins. But, yeah, I mean, if, if we're going to be critical of, of Drysaddle on the, sh- the penalty shots or shootout, sorry, uh, I mean, uh, let's let's throw some criticism all around. I thought that was pretty bad. Oilers got a point out of the game. Stop your crying. That's from Neil. No, Neil, you know how Oilers post-game shows work. If they lose, people are going to be upset about it. We want to see this team go 82-0. and That's the uh, the end goal for this team. Uh, what what changes for you, Cam, going into the next game against Ottawa? Is it pretty much the same, same lineup? Is there any different moves you make? You go back to Jack Campbell? I can't really think of anything to switch up. I'd just go switching goalies back and forth from here on out kind of until someone has a rough game. I mean, you got the back-to-back, so it's not going to be the same goalie twice. You'd think that Jack Campbell makes sense for the Saturday game and then uh, Skinner again for the Sunday game. But otherwise, I really don't think the effort against Philadelphia tonight was terrible whatsoever. It was one of those ones where if you bring that exact same thing against the Sens or the Habs, there's a pretty good chance you'll wind up with two points. It was pretty much a coin flip tonight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how about Yesopoli-Arvi? You bringing him back into the lineup, or do you think that ship has sailed and it's time to move on? At this point, it kind of just feels like there might be a trade around the corner, so that's why they're sitting him out, so that there isn't an injury at the last second, so they can't pull the trigger on a deal. Either that, or they're going to try and weave him through waivers and pull the trade after that. It just seems like the the situation's now reaching its end and he's not playing for that reason. It doesn't seem like it's necessarily a coaching decision anymore. It's more of a front office saying, hey, keep this player out of the lineup. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah, and I mean, uh, Ryan Rashog was talking with uh, Gregor yesterday saying that he thinks he, JP could be waived. So uh, if a trade can't be moved, a uh, siren going by, or if you hear that one. Um, we've also got here on Facebook, Randy says, looks like the two-star players party too hard on their holidays. I think McDavid's had some jump pucks. Just not going in for him. He'll he'll bounce back with the the big point night. It's coming eventually. Um, some stranger on YouTube says yes. Bring Yessie back into the lineup. Yeah, that's an interesting one. And, and Yams, yeah, Kyler Yamamoto. I believe he's able to come back on the Sunday. And if that happens, the Oilers will have to make a move. So that could be potentially spelling the end for Yessipuliarvi. We'll see. Uh, let us know in the chat here on YouTube. What would you do? Would you bring back Yesopoli Get him out there. We've got 44 of you there. And uh, make sure you hit that like button as well. Uh, Gavin, the intern, will just chiming in here on the chat. Only nine minutes of ice time for Dylan Holloway tonight, too. Yeah, I mean, that seems kind of the way it's going to go with, with Jay Woodcroft. It's going to be those nights. Uh, Gavin, you want to bubble in here? You want to join us in the chat? Sure, sure. How's it going? 
<laughs> Good. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, what did you make of tonight's game? And, and would you make any changes going into Ottawa's game on Saturday? Yeah, like, I don't think you make any changes because real, realistically, the skies are falling. Like, we've got a point now in 10 straight games, right? And we're going into a very winnable game. Well, next two games against Ottawa and Montreal. So, no, I wouldn't make any changes going forward here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm with you. I think in, we are going to panic on this chat, obviously, and people are going yeah, to no, be a yeah, little bit nervous about it. But, uh, and, and you had some stats with, uh, was it McDavid? And then the Oilers play as of late. I mean, we're, we if we take a step back, it's not quite as yeah. bad as it looks. No, exactly. Like, obviously, we looking back to that L.A. loss. I think it was like that 6-3 loss against L.A. The sky was falling then, right? Then we yeah. on that huge winning streak for us. And then ever since then, it's been awesome for us. So, no, I, I wouldn't make any changes, Connor. I, I would just keep going the way we're going, and especially getting good goaltending from Skinner and Campbell. I'm liking where we're at. Yeah, the next two opponents, the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Ottawa's won four in a row, six and four in their last ten. Yeah, they've been playing good uh, hockey. The Montreal Canadiens on the flip side, uh, four or five and one, losers of two straights. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting couple games here. I know anytime you go into Montreal, it's kind of the mecca of hockey. So, the <laughs> player will get fired up for that one. Do you guys still buy into the early morning games a struggle for the Oilers? A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I, I don't really read too much into that. Obviously, the history shows it is a problem, but we're gonna, we'll, we'll see how it goes on Saturday, right? I think it's a more difficult thing for teams to deal with when they're at home. I think when you're on the road, it's a little bit easier to wake up and find your energy. Yeah. But, I mean, it's totally random. We saw a whole bunch of different times during the thing about the pandemic season when they swept Ottawa in nine or 10 games or whatever it was. There was all kinds of weird early starts with no fans in the crowd and they still went out and just, you know, pumped the sends eight, two, eight, three. No reason why we can't see that this weekend. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I mean, it's, it's business trip when you're on the road, when you're at home, it might be a little bit tougher. Uh, on the Facebook chat, uh, Justin says, bring Yessi back into the lineup. At least he hits people and tries. Can't say the same about the others. They give it away. That they're horrendous. Or the giveaways are horrendous. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a pretty frustrating game tonight. It was pretty sloppy and, you know, can't get that offense going. It's funny, though. Like, let's be realistic. If that Zach Hyman goal counts... How different is this chat right now? Like everyone's oh, probably it's completely fired different. Up. It's completely different, exactly. <laughs> so it, it is funny how one little thing doesn't go the Oilers' way, and all of a sudden it's it's frustration. It ruins everyone's 
tonight. You're not watching Sports Center tonight. You're not watching the highlights. Uh, I get it. I'm the same way with the Chargers. Uh, they yeah. lose the game. I don't want to watch highlights. If they win, I'm all over it. So I totally get it. Uh, um, hop back into the YouTube here. Uh, we got Ryland. Let's go Oilers. Yeah, there's the positivity we need. There we go. Um, <laughs> Genesis says the Sins are a stronger team than the pandemic version. 100%. I mean, a couple yeah, years yeah. older. For it'll sure. be a, a fun matchup, I think, where skill can go up against skill. And um, yeah, and after that, back home to take on the Detroit Red Wings once again. If that carries over from the last game on Tuesday, it'll be fun. If you're going to that one, it's going to be a real fun game. Uh, what have you guys made of the coaching staff for the last little while here? I mean, obviously trying to make some good adjustments and, you know, we're, we're starting to see those secondary scoring type players, the bottom six, make those jumps forward. With, with what Jay Woodcroft has done this year, I mean – where are you with him? You happy with what he's been able to do this season? It feels yes. now It feels now recently like the team is playing a lot like how it did in the final couple months into the playoffs of last year. We all talked about the coaching bump that the Oilers got from playing the Jay Woodcroft style when he took over behind the bench. It seems like they're playing that style again now. And I mean, it's only a small sample size, right? It's like Gavin said, 10 games, points in all of those games. It's not a significant sample size, but... They've been dominating opponents throughout the stretch. They're out shooting. They're doing everything right. And I mean, they look a lot just like the team they did last year. So you have to give credit to the coaching staff for building that system, right? Yeah, no, exactly what Cam said. Woodcroft and his staff, you got us in a playoff spot where we're at right now. So I, I see nothing wrong with Woodcroft and his staff. Uh, some stranger says, no, they still played a terrible game. I think that's in <laughs> reference to me saying if they get that goal, that's a different attitude. I'll stand by it. Maybe not you, some stranger, but I think there's a lot of people here that would have been happy had they just got the win there. You, you just say, oh, well, it was ugly, but we'll move on. We're happy they got it done. Um, how about this one here? And uh, Eogan Huber, 10-minute 3v3 after a tie. What do you guys think about that? Because I know, I think Connor McDavid mentioned he'd kind of rather see a longer overtime compared to a shootout i've been on board for that for a while and i kind of think you know it is longer but maybe like it's a chance for some of the guys further down the line of an opportunity to play three on three maybe a ryan mcleod a dylan holloway or someone like that uh cam what do you think about extending the three on three? Oh yeah like I, I mean i've said throughout multiple times this thing the shootout's kind of a joke it's not how you would want to decide any meaningful game. Like, I mean, at what point in a playoff game would anybody say, hey, let's go into a shootout to decide who should win this game? And, I mean, despite that, the regular season standings are based on partially how teams do in the shootout, which is something that isn't even worth having in a playoff game. So, I mean, I think it's kind of dumb. You had in this game a guy like Morgan Frost or JBR, they barely contribute to the game and they score the two goals in the shootout. Like, (laughs) significant game changers all of a sudden despite being irrelevant for the entire game it's not what the game is you're better off having the overtime period go longer and just having wins losses and ties i mean i sound like an old man saying that but the shootout just it's pointless it's it's not it's not the true winner of that game at all how about you gavin you you echo those statements Yeah. yeah Yeah, I agree with you, Cam. I think you even said it earlier. It essentially is a skills competition to shoot out, right? And it's a coin flip. So I'm all for having that 10-minute three-on-three. Why not? <laughs> okay, it's Ewan. 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 I'm going to try not to make a mistake there. Um, yeah, and, and Ewan says, uh, when we play well, our structure shows well. When we play poorly, it feels like we're under tippet again. And, I mean, that. Yes, that's what it's all about, right? If you play up to structure, it's going to look good. And uh, a couple mistakes here and there, it's going to be tough. 
Yeah, I don't know. A few. I'm just trying to follow along with the chat here, and it seems like <laughs> some people like it, some people don't. Uh, I think we all know that Ewan has a sweet name, and that's kind of one that's popular. Okay, uh, our bad tonight was slow start. So if we go back to that one, how do you fix it? Uh, I've been a long time because I, I mean, I've been around long enough to hear people complaining about that. Going back to, you know. Todd McClellan, like slow starts, how do you fix it? I've been someone who's always thought it's on the players. You know, they're professional athletes. they got to be ready when the puck's dropped. I don't know what the coaching staff can do. I mean, I guess you can put out a certain lineup and, you know, maybe you want to keep the shifts a little bit shorter, things like that. But I'm kind of a guy who thinks it's on the players. they got to be ready to go at puck drop and bring the intensity, find a way to get it going. Uh, Cam, what do you think is the easiest way to get the, the quicker starts once again? <laughs> That's the impossible question. <laughs> We've been talking about that here for over a decade now like how do you get them just to rip right off the start and i mean they were doing it for a while when they had the winning streak before the all-star break that was kind of the theme thing about the game against vegas the game against seattle it was quick starts goals early on that were the game changer and then i mean here you are now just coming out of the all-star break playing these kind of mediocre teams detroit and philadelphia and you probably just come into it thinking uh these are teams that we're just going to beat through skill, but that's not really what happens in the league whatsoever. So I think it's just kind of a returning to reality and remembering that it takes like effort to beat any team regardless. How about you, yeah, Gavin? No, what do you think? Yeah, no, exactly what you guys are saying. Like, yeah, a little bit might be on the coach, but it's more on the players. Obviously the coaches can only say so much pregame, you know, go out there, have that urgency going forward, but it's up to the players to go out there and put it all together, right? Trust the system, put it all together and just start right from puck drop. Uh, as we mentioned earlier on here, just wait my uh, computer loads. Uh, yeah, so Seattle lost 3-1 to New Jersey, which is a good sign for the Oilers. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights beating up on Minnesota 5-1. to uh, So they'll maintain that number one spot. And then the Flames losing to Detroit 2-1. to So uh, for the Empton Oilers, you know, in a good spot. If you finish in that number one seed, I mean, do you guys think Colorado's going to find a way to get back into uh, the top three in their division? Because, man, I would hate to to finish first and, you know, that's your matchup in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know who I'd want to face in the first round when I'm looking at yeah. that thing. As good as <laughs> Seattle's been, you kind of want to maybe go up against them with their terrible goaltending, but... You look at everybody else and you see all the goalies here in the mix, like eh, there's, there isn't really a, an attractive first round matchup. Yeah, no, exactly. Like uh, Seattle's the first team that came to my mind too. I definitely don't want to play like Colorado or a team like that. So probably Seattle is number one on my list there as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm with you. I mean, I'm Colorado right now, 58 points. So they're tied with Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if I'd be too optimistic. Yeah, like Dallas probably has that division wrapped up, but hey, maybe the Avs go on a bit of a run here. Uh, we shall see. Yeah, they did I already mean, this year, so so they might go on another run here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what do you guys think about the Calgary Flames? Are they making the playoffs? Are they, they going to be on the outside looking in? You'd love to see that. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it'd be, definitely. It'd, it'd be a hilarious <laughs> outcome. I mean, I don't know. They've struggled this year. I don't know what the deal is with Jacob Markstrom. I mean, you thought that based on what happened over the offseason, the Flames apparently got better defensively, but Markstrom has not looked at all good this year. So something's the issue there. I mean, they were a lot more intimidating looking last year than they are this year. They look like a team that would be easy to bounce in the first round. Well, the problem with Markstrom is what happened in, uh, against us in the playoffs last year. So ever yeah. since then, ever since then, I'm he's, telling you. He's, he's, been, he's completely lost <laughs> yeah. since then. They just, they just ended his career. 
<laughs> as much as I enjoyed the playoffs last year, the series with the Oilers and Flames, like that was amazing. Yeah, it'd be awesome. okay to see them not make the dance. That would yeah. be fun. Uh, be hilarious. Uh, uh, looking at the blue line there, of course, the Oilers once again going eleven and seven. Uh, Vinny Darnay playing the the fewest amount of minutes, ten. Obviously, in a tight game, we know Jay Woodcroft's gonna go with the guys who got him there. Darno on there is just under twenty four. Cody Cece uh, around twenty one. Bouchard at eighteen, along with Kulak. Roper got 14, Barry at 16. Barry went off the power play. Obviously, his minutes are going to take a drop there. Um, what did you guys think of Darnell Nurse tonight? Had a big shot block towards the end of the game. Uh, in overtime, had a couple opportunities. Lost you there for a second, Connor. Is it me? Is it is it my internet that's killing us right now? There, you're back. You're back. I'm back. Was it my internet? It was mine. Okay, sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> um, where did I leave off there? Where did I? Where did I lose you? Thoughts on Darnell? About the blue Darnell. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, I was just rambling. Well, yeah, what do you guys think about Darnell Nurse tonight? Uh, his game, uh, like I, I did say, a couple of opportunities in overtime, blocked a shot towards the end of the game, but always going to be a whipping boy here. Uh, what did you guys make of his play? <laughs> that's the automatic. I think that's that's what everybody immediately wants to talk about after each game, but. I think it, it's it's hard to judge Darnell Nurse's play given the amount of minutes he takes on in the given game. If 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 the Oilers had more depth on their blue line and he was able to play 21, 22 minutes a night, which would be more in his wheelhouse, it would be an easier thing to assess. But I mean, I think we should give some credit. I mean, don't don't think about the cap hit, don't think about the contract, just think about the player. Give give him some credit for taking on the minutes that he does. That's significant. Yeah, no, like I understand why Darnell Nurse gets some of the hate that he that he does, but where would our team be if we didn't have Darnell Nurse on our blue line, right? Like he is our number one. Like unfortunately, yeah, he is, but and yeah, unfortunately, we are also paying him over nine million dollars a year. But he is our number one. It is what it is, and I don't want to see our team where it would be if we didn't have Nurse on our blue line right now. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you're you're a lot better with him than without him. And if he were to go down for a bit, it'd be probably quite an eye-opening moment. For sure. Uh, we talked about the playoffs there. Genesis says we're going to get Colorado eventually. Uh, also saying I'd want Seattle or Vegas in round one. Uh, Darian saying I'd love to see another playoff BOA. Yeah, I mean that was a lot of fun, especially the way it it turned out that first game. Flames fans <laughs> were flying pretty high, and it it worked out well yeah, at the end were. of the day for the Oilers. Yeah, so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hey, we'll, we'll see. Uh, how about uh, obligatory trade question? Uh, Jacob Chikrin, which, which way are you guys coming on that one? Is Would he be target one for you, or are you guys looking elsewhere? I'll start with you, Cam. Uh, the thing with Chikrin that I'm not sure about is now the, the, the problem for the first part of the season was the blue line, and it was always looking for the game-changing talent there, but then they've had two internal options step up and be quite good. Broberg plays now well with Evan Bouchard on the defensive pairing, and then you have Vincent Darnay's as well, just being basically the shutdown D-man they wanted. Who comes out if you acquire Jacob Chitron? Like beyond even the salary cap thing, because someone has to obviously be going to Arizona to make it work. Which D-man do you even take out of the lineup? And I, I really don't have an answer because when you look at the style, it's you'd think like a Bouchard or a Barry comes out, but both have been good. Do you get better taking them out of the lineup? It's kind of a difficult question. What do you think, yeah. Gavin? Yeah, no, exactly. And no, he definitely would be my number one. My number one trade target for me is Jonathan Taves because I think he comes into the Oilers lineup. He solves so much for So go out and get Jonathan Taves because then you have McDavid, Nuge, Taves as your one, two, three down the middle. Holy man. 
like that that's that's unstoppable in the playoffs and he can kill penalties for you too so i think jonathan tapes would be my number one trade deadline target uh ewan says no connor don't bring this point back i think that's regarding <laughs> chicken i only bring it up because vladimir tarasenko was moved today obviously from the blues to the rangers so i'm wondering if that'll start to open up some of the trade talks once again uh the oilers right now i think sitting pretty uh rusty the reckless optimist always appreciate your comments says we need to stop this whooping boy culture uh stop trying to blame someone and just enjoy watching some hockey uh i work with gregor monday to friday he brings up a very good point i think just that if you're watching for these mistakes you're gonna find them right uh sit back don't worry about his contract try to uh enjoy it but it seems like there's always been the whipping boy with this team and it's probably common amongst every nhl fan base i mean i remember tom pody getting a lot of blame jeff petrie like you go back long enough there's going to be names i'm sure you guys can think of some too where you know there is always getting a lot of maybe unnecessary hate. Uh, Sean Horkoffer, his contract was one that was always brought up. Like there's always going to be something. Uh, Rusty, I, I like that. Uh, Rusty also agrees with you, Gavin, says Toes, or Taves would be unreal here. Some stranger, I agree. Taves, Genesis, Taves is a good ad, but I don't know if Holland will broker a three-team trade. Dr. Gonzo Taves, my second Captain Canada, would be sexy here. So... Yeah, I mean, it, it, that, I think that's a name that a lot of people would like. For sure. I, I, I was talking about it on the show, and I think I brought it up even here, that to Jonathan Taves, that $10 million cap hit, and then, you know, would you compare that to a Ryan O'Reilly? $7.5 million contract. Obviously, the Blues move Tarasenko. You got to think Riley's probably Earl Rise up next. Uh, would that be a name that would, would be intriguing to you, or is it Taves all the way? Yeah, like O'Reilly, definitely. Like, I would love him here in the orange and blue as well. So, yeah, Riley name, he does interest me, but I think Taves will be my number one here. No way you can. Would uh, Ryan O'Reilly be a guy you might look at? Yeah, I think in that situation, you're mostly just looking for someone that has pedigree. You're looking for someone who, I mean, all credit to Ryan McLeod for being the player he is at the age he is. You don't necessarily want to go into a conference final or a Stanley Cup final series with him being your shutdown third line center that goes up against the other team's best players, right? So whether it's Ryan O'Reilly, Jonathan Tabe, somebody with that pedigree of playing in big games is who you'd like to add, either or, however you make it work. I would love to uh, log on to Betway and see, you know, what's going on there. What are the odds with who the Oilers might acquire? Um, you know, Betway tonight, if in, in, Gavin, I, I heard a report that you actually said this would be a low-scoring game. So if you went there yeah. and threw some money on the under, which <laughs> I hate doing, I would never do. You know, life's too short. Yeah, to bet li- the under. exactly. Life is too short to bet the under. That's why I didn't bet it. I, that's why I just tweet about it. <laughs> tweet about it. Let people know yeah. you're, you're giving the advice. But Betway, yeah. uh, 19 plus, do so responsibly. And I also want to let people know what day is it today? It's the ninth, so it's the last day that you can enter to win a trip for two to the Toronto Nation Vacation powered by AMA Travel. You can enter on Oilers Nation's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram pages. Keep an eye out for the contest post and enter to win the trip of a lifetime powered by AMA Travel. Cam, did you go on the Vegas Nation Vacation? I didn't, unfortunately, but I have been on the Vegas Nation trip. I went back in 2019. It was fantastic. These trips are always a blast. It's uh, hard to pinpoint specific memories, if you know what I mean, but... <laughs> kind of the, yes, the longer the trip goes on the, the less you yeah I, I get what you're saying so uh, yeah if you want to go on that trip you can uh, check out the oilers nation social media pages it's ama travel uh providing that one in toronto a good time we had jay on 
on Tuesday and he was talking about, you know, this is going to be a class year affair. You're going in a box suite. You got, uh, I think, drinks taken care of and food. It's going to be a good time. So, uh, yeah, make sure you definitely check that one out. One day, one day I'm going to make it onto one of these nation vacations. Uh, guys, uh, a few a few more things we'll probably touch on here before we wrap up. Uh, just want to hop onto the chat room. Oh, it's already closed. I'm sorry. I teased it and I shouldn't have. Well, <laughs> it should have done it earlier than I guess. It, my sheet says till the ninth. I, I don't know. I, I have literally no power with Oilers Nation, so I can't even can't even argue that one. But you missed your opportunity. You should have been watching on Tuesday. We would have told you all about it, and then you could have entered. But uh, Darian, uh, thank you for letting me know. Uh, Genesis says O'Reilly costs more. That's fair. Um, Gavin gives better betting advice than Tyler, Jay, and Liam combined. <laughs> and he's just the intern, the intern. Yeah. You gotta listen to the intern. He knows. Follow him on Twitter. Gavin, what's the Twitter handle? Uh, at Gavin Turnick 47. There you go. If you want to win money on Betway, <laughs> follow Gavin. Uh, today is the ninth. Yeah, Genesis, that's what I'm saying. My she, I, I don't know if you can see it, but it does say, the ninth so yep it was there i saw it was was there whatever (laughs) my apologies um so guys we're all kind of on the same page here not too much changes before the game going into ottawa then montreal um perfect world theory i need an answer who gets to start on saturday and who gets to start on sunday because back to back we know statistically not good to start both uh who do you got cam who goes who goes on saturday against ottawa then who's in the pipe between the pipes on Sunday against Montreal. Okay, slightly weird, but I'll go with Skinner against Ottawa because he picked up his first ever win there in the 2021 season. So give him a start in Ottawa and then go Campbell on the second leg of the back. A little bit weird, but that's my thinking. Yeah, oh, I, again, I think it's a coin flip, but for me to get back on the winning track, I'd go Campbell. Campbell has won eight straight games between the pipes, so I might go back to Campbell here, even though Skinner obviously um, had a hell of a game here for us today, but maybe I'll go back to Campbell here. And honestly, guys, I, I don't think there's a wrong answer. I think exactly. either way, I mean, exactly. both your goalies playing good hockey. Uh, they're each going to play one of those two games. So I, I think just because of rest, you go with Campbell on Saturday. But if uh, if it was Skinner, wouldn't surprise me at all. I, I feel like that both ways will work out pretty well yeah. for the Oilers. And uh, we, we got to get a prediction. I was telling Gavin before we hopped on here that on Tuesday, Aaron... Jay and I all took the Oilers to win this one. We all had them winning by multiple goals and, you know, said bet the over. We were all wrong. So, uh, Cam, we'll get your prediction here. What do you think happens on uh, Saturday morning? Oh, against Ottawa, I think it's going to be 6-3 for the Oilers. I like it. Gavin, what do you have? I think Drysaddle gets back on track. I think he scores two and the Oilers win 5-2. All right. uh, Well, I'm going to take a 4-2 Oilers win. I'm going to mark it down here. Hopefully we'll get this one right. Hopefully we'll all be a little bit closer. Uh, make sure if you are watching on YouTube, hit that like button. we got to boost those numbers up for the algorithm, whatever that means. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in tonight. I think we're going to call it a night. Uh, let everyone get to do whatever they want to do. Uh, still 8.30, so you got some time before you hit the the bed. Uh, again, just want to give a big thank you to Cornerstone Insurance. Check them out, cornerstoneins.ca slash nation to get an online tenant or condo insurance quote in just a few minutes and use the discount code nation. Also, the AMA uh, vacation. Uh, sorry, I, I brought it up earlier when you can't enter the contest, but 
That's on you. You should have done it earlier. AMA Travel and, of course, Betway. Um, if you're going to gamble on Betway, do so responsibly, 19+. plus. Uh, Cam, thanks a lot for doing this tonight. Gavin, thank you. Anytime. Thank you. And to everyone who tuned in, thank you so much. We'll talk to you on a Saturday afternoon after the Oilers hopefully defeat the Ottawa Senators.